here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.6 FM in King Williamstown. All right, 11 minutes after 1 o'clock. Thank you so much for staying with us. So what we're discussing today, the Q&A today, is on the Compensation Fund. And I'm going to be just uh, joined in a second by the Commissioner of the Compensation Fund at the Compensation Fund, and that falls under the Department of Labor. He joins us now on the line. Vuyo Mafata, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pamela, and good afternoon to the listeners. Can I just ask, just for the sake of everybody who's listening, because I, you know, as soon as I said somebody from the Compensation Fund is coming through, there were all these questions coming through on WhatsApp. For Just for the benefit of our listeners, for clarity, help us just understand the distinction between yourselves as a Compensation Fund and the UIF, please. Okay. Well, the... Both Compensation Fund and the IF are social security agencies, uh, but we have a different mandate. Now, the mandate of the Compensation Fund is uh, to provide compensation in an event that a, uh, a worker uh, sustains injuries in the workplace or contracts an occupational disease in the workplace. While with the UIF, it's a social security agency that uh, provides Compensation in the event that a person uh, loses uh, his or her job, uh, that could be as a result of a retrenchment or being dismissed from employment, or a person uh, loses an income as a result of uh, her going on a maternity leave, or the, uh, the worker dies uh, as a result of anything else related, not related to the workplace, then they pay out the benefits. Uh, okay. For that. So let's just contextualize it then. For for yourselves in this era, I just want to be clear because that's why I was asking for that clarity. In the event, for instance, like right now, I'm at work, I'm at work with a few other people, right? And one of us has been in contact with somebody with COVID-19 and the current regulations are that that person should be uh, quarantined or, or, or moved into a space that doesn't act, interact with other people, right? In in my understanding, it's disease-related, correct? Yes. Okay. So does that kind of an issue fall on your lap? Yes, it does. We we also issued, after the uh, regulations were issued on, uh, on, 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 on the national state of disaster, we also then published a notice that was confirming that if in an event that a worker uh, contracts uh, COVID-19 in the workplace, mm. that would be covered as a disease that is compensable in terms of the Compensation for Occupational Injuries and Diseases Act. Okay. And in that instance, who applies for that compensation? The process is that the employer is the one who takes out the insurance on behalf of all the employees that works for him or her. So the process is that the employer would then uh, be required to uh, register the claim with us, and then we then uh, adjudicate the claim after having received the claim. So in terms of the law, employer has, within seven days of uh, the worker becoming aware that he or she has contracted the disease, they would then have to inform the employer. The employer then has to make sure that that uh, claim is registered within uh, 12 months of it being reported to him. Just just bear with me. I may sound like I'm asking you really basic questions, but there's a reason for this. And I, I ask you this because this, my understanding is that like for somebody who's getting um, on their payslip, this deduction that says UIF, similarly, the deduction happens automatically from the person who is an employee, correct? 
Now, for compensation funds, there is no deduction from the employee. Okay. The, uh, the, the, the premium is paid by the employer. Okay. How, how would a person know that the employer has been abiding by the law and doing that? We, either one, they, they could request, so when an employer, uh, so the employer has to submit uh, returns to us on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. And once they have once they have been assessed uh, based on those returns, then they pay the assessment amount that has been assessed on the return, and they can then uh, be able to print a letter of good standing on on our website that shows that the employer is in good standing. So a work, any person, the worker can request a copy of the letter of good standing from the employer, and if they want to verify if this letter of good standing is valid, they can also go onto our website. Mm-hmm using the certificate number to then verify whether the certificate is still valid or not. Okay. Alternatively, they can also call our call center where they can then confirm whether uh, the employer is indeed registered and is in good standing with uh, the compensation fund. Have you have you been receiving claims recently, let's say in this time of lockdown uh, related to COVID-19? We have started receiving claims uh, related to COVID-19. I think to date we have received about 25 cases that have been reported to us that we've adjudicated. The, uh, and we anticipate that the numbers would increase as the um, uh, days uh, progresses. And also maybe uh, depending on when the lockdown ends, I think post that we may still get some claims uh, throughout the year. So in light of all of this that you've told me and in light of what we know you had been struggling with before COVID-19, your systems being part of a problem, how are you processing the current claims? Because I know that there was a backlog and I know that that was, uh, at, you know, it was an administrative systems error or problem. How far are you in sorting that out and how, how far back do you still have to pay out? Well, the issue of the system not working was the view of those that were not happy with the uh, stricter measures that we put in place with the new system. The system has been uh, operating for the last couple of months, and these claims that uh, have been reported have been registered on the very same system and have been adjudicated on the very same system. Oh, no, I I must say, I I think I spoke to somebody from your office, I could be wrong, who was saying, yes, there was a a problem with the system. So are you saying that there was never a problem with the system? It's just that people were unhappy with with the regulations? Well, this system was new, so there there were teething issues with the system uh, and also where as people were using the system where they were not happy with certain things or certain things were not working as Mm -hmm. ideally as they should. Mm -hmm. When those were reported, we then work on those to make sure that we improve the uh, customer experience with regard to the use of the system, but the system had been operational. Okay, so, did, but, but, yeah. but but how big is your backlog? We, at this stage, we don't have any uh, any, any backlogs, uh, except for if there's claims that uh, employers are sitting with that they're not reported to us, either because they either don't have access to the system or not, or they have not submitted these claims uh, to us. If, as soon as the claim gets uh, submitted, we then make sure that we get the claim registered on the system if it's not registered by the employer directly. Well, one of the things that is coming through, and this is not specifically only to you, but whether it is SASA, whether it's UIF or everybody, it, it's the fact that th- at this point we need a bit of agility to process things as quickly as possible. And you were just uh, explaining to me that 
you know, there were processes in place that were not satisfactory to other people. Hence, they were not getting their claims paid out. But have we made it simpler? Is it now simpler? Is there a, a way in which we can get the system to be more agile because we do have an emergency case now? We've actually made the system simpler. That's one of the whole reasons why we uh, we changed systems, because we wanted to make it easier for people to interact with us. They don't have to be uh, wholly dependent on us for registration of claims, for submission of claims, because what we've enabled uh, the employers to do is they don't have to submit any papers to us. They can just capture the information online from the uh, their offices, upload whatever documentation that they need to upload, and then allow us to be able to uh, work through the system. Where it's medical providers that are submitting claims where they've treated the injured workers, we've made it easier for them to even capture those invoices wherever they are and submit them to us so that we can then receive them and uh, process those invoices. So those are some of the things that we've done to make sure that we make the process much, much easier. Then what we want... Yes, ma'am? Sorry, I beg your pardon. I didn't realize you were not finished. I, so I was, was saying one of the things that we want... Uh, relax is the controls that are required to make sure that we're paying the right person and we're paying a valid claim. Then where does the issue of the collective that was the net care and that was the physiotherapy groups and so on that issued all sorts of statements complaining about the fact that the process at this moment is not flexible and it's not agile. Where did that come from? Were you not in touch with your, I mean, those are, I would imagine those are quite big stakeholders. If, if, if you, if you had reports coming out from them like that, that must be a a concern for you. So one of the one one of the things that we we've, uh, we've changed in the in, 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 in previously any person could register a claim, uh, go onto the system and register a claim, as, irrespective of whether this person has been duly authorized by the employer that uh, where the injury has taken place. And so we sit with a lot of claims that get registered with either the injured worker not being aware of the claim being registered or the employer himself, right? And in this case, for example, you find that you have a claim that's not complete. That claim would allow you to be able to pay uh, the treating practitioner, but you then have sit with hundreds of complaints from the injured workers because their claims would not be finalized because the information that would have been submitted with regard to that claim would have been sufficient only to support uh, us to accept uh, liability for the claim so that the treating practitioner can be paid. But the injured worker themselves, then they sit and wait for months, if not years, for their claims to be finalized. So the changes that we've made is that, one, we said, if any person is going to submit a claim on behalf of an employer, if it's not the employer himself, the employer needs to have truly authorized this person. And they then need to submit a proof that they've been authorized by an employer to submit a claim on behalf of the employer. And uh, we also then say, we'll only the system only then accepts a complete claim. The complete claim then enables us that we're able to make sure that all the stakeholders related to the claim are able to be saved. We can finalize the claim on behalf of the injured worker to make sure that they get the benefits that are due to them, while at the same time we're also paying the treating practitioner. So those are the changes that have made, uh, and these are big changes, and I understand that they've made a lot of people uncomfortable because you had situations where uh, some of these claims on behalf of the employers would then be registered by the practitioners or the healthcare uh, facilities themselves, and, uh, and and now we have changed a, a lot of those things. So, so just just again clarify then what was the um, the reasons behind some of the, the the changes that you've just spoken about now. The, 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 
one was issues of fraud, as I indicated. Mm. So you had a number of claims that would be registered on behalf of employers, while the employers are not even aware that there is such a claim that has been uh, registered on my behalf. And, are you saying? Uh, are you saying? Hold on, just just work with me here. I'm trying to follow. Are you saying, for argument for argument's sake, is this would this be sitting on the uh, the responsibility of the employer? Because if we go, let's say chronologically, I get injured. I'm at work. Uh, I get sent to the doctor. Right? The doctor is the one that receives the letter from the employer to say, look, get give this person attention. They they were um, injured at work. Right? Do you not get your claim from the medical practitioner, or does it have to come from the person who is the employer? In other words. Isn't there a mechanism to make sure that the medical practitioner themselves is somebody who is in good standing? So here's the process with a claim. Yeah. So if, if, if a worker gets injured in a, in a workplace, yeah. the employer would then send this person to a, doctor a, a or shooting practitioner yeah. to a doctor. Yeah. There's certain information that the doctor would then need to complete mm-hmm. and submit to a uh, back to the employer or yep. submit to the compensation fund. Yep. But the employer also is required to notify the compensation fund of the accident by registering this claim. Okay. Once we've received the notification of, uh, of, of claim from the employer, we then await the information that comes from the doctor. Okay. And then once you've received the information from the doctor, it then enables you, because you now have information both from the employer, because the employer has certain information that they need to complete. Mm-hmm. The description of the uh, of the incident, Inter- what happened, and what was the person doing, and they complete a whole lot of information that relates to the employer, to mm-hmm. the employee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor then needs to complete the information related to the treatment of the uh, of, 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 of the of the of the work. So, so who do Once, you then pay? Who do you so the person that has taken out the insurance is the employer as the compensation fund I, I see that you've got two forms that are being filled in the doctor doing their bit as a medical practitioner and then obviously the employer as well as somebody who's insured this person who do you as the compensation fund pay then we then what happens is once we've received the information from the doctor we yeah. then adjudicate this claim so that we can make a decision on whether we accept liability for the claim or not and once we've accepted liability for a claim it then allows the treating doctor to be able to submit his uh, claims for treating the worker. Mm-hmm. Then we pay those then directly to the treating practitioner. Mm-hmm. But having made a decision on the claim, we then depend on the medical reports that this doctor is required to submit to the fund in, on a, in respect of this particular claim. They mm-hmm. submit on a progress medical report and a final medical report. Once we've received the final medical report from the doctor, we then make a final decision on the claim. If we make a decision on the claim and then we accept the uh, full liability for it and we're saying this person, because of the injury, this mm. is the level of... We assign a, a, a disability mm. uh, percentage mm-hmm. based on the American Medical Association uh, standard. Mm. And then once we've assessed and we've decided on the assessment on that claim for the worker, we then pay the worker. If the worker, for example, we've assessed him to be uh, permanently disabled to a percentage of above 31%, for example... And that person is entitled to a lump sum that will pay out plus uh, the uh, monthly pension that they would then get from the compensation fund. If the uh, level of disability is below 31%, then that person gets a once-off lump sum from the compensation fund. Let's just, again, I haven't got the full answer in the sense. Are you paying all the parties 
Is that what you're saying? In other words, does the person directly get paid by you, the doctor directly gets paid by you, and the person who insured the case in the first place, the employer? Are you paying out to all three parties? To all, what we pay to the employer yeah? is because during the injury, the first three months, the employer require, is required to then pay the salary of the injured worker. Mm-hmm. What we then pay to the employer would be then a reimbursement of the salary that was paid for those three months. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the worker gets the disability payout if the person has been assessed to be disabled. So is the answer yes? That in other yes. words, the, 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 the practitioner, the medical practitioner, the person themselves who's injured and the employer, all of those people rely on you to be the facilitator of these funds? Okay, let's just take calls because I have asked people to call in. I just want to also ask you about the, the letter of good standing. Lots of SMSs coming here from small, what looks like small businesses, who are saying that there has been a delay on their reception of their letter of good standing, which makes it difficult for them to do business. Your response to that? So this uh, process, we've fully made it online to enable the employers to be able to do to get even the letter of good standing themselves. Uh, the process is that they... Uh, they would then go onto our website and uh, submit the return of earnings where then they get uh, assessed based on the return of earnings. And once they they then receive a, an assessment notice, which is all done automated, which is all automated. And once they've paid uh, the assessment notice, they can uh, immediately go onto the website and draw the letter of good standing. The only difference is if, for example, there is a major deviation in the earnings that has been uh, declared this year compared to last year, the system would then flag that particular If it exceeds 30%, the system would then flag that particular case for audit. And when the system flags for audit, they, we would then automatically send out an email to the uh, employer and say, please submit the following documentation. It's a payroll details. It will list all the items that it requires. And then once the person has submitted those, they get audited. And once we clear the block after the audit, they can then uh, go into the uh, system and uh, draw the Would, would that ordinarily be a, a, a long, prolonged process? Just because I'm, I'm looking at these SMSs and people are saying, you know, it's almost hampered their businesses. Would that be a very long process? So even if there are issues that you're complaining about and you do need to audit, would that process take very long? It would be. It would. It would uh, take long if, uh, for example, depending if there's huge volumes of such cases, which we anticipate uh, this year because of the uh, current uh, crisis we have with the COVID-19. So we are looking at ways that we're going to relax the uh, oh, audit requirements. But ordinarily, uh, it shouldn't take long if the documentation gets submitted um, on time. The problem that we've noticed, though, is that because uh, employers would choose to outsource some of these functions to an yes. accountant outside. Yes. Uh, and when we record the details of the accountant on our system, so when the employer does change the person who's going to represent it, mm-hmm. if they don't notify us, the notification for audit would then go to the old email address of the old accountant. And mm-hmm. if the person doesn't want to chooses not to pass the message over to the former client, mm-hmm. then the people will be sitting waiting for... Uh, information or an audit from us and that audit would not be coming because we would be sitting waiting for information from them. All right. I'm in conversation with Vuyo Mafata who is a compensation commissioner at the Compensation Fund and that falls under the Department of Labor. I see all of your calls. I will take them. Let's just quickly go to Utile Saku for the very latest in headlines. Good afternoon, Utile.
here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105 FM in Mokopane. All right, thank you so much uh, for staying with us. We're in conversation with the Compensation Commissioner, and uh, he's a commissioner at the Compensation Fund, which falls under the Department of Labor. Vuyo Mafata is with us this afternoon to answer your questions as well, 891 Let me start with Shirley, who's calling us from Cape Town. Good afternoon, Shirley. Thank you, and applaud you for your good service that you render for us. Um, I am so upset with the minister or with the commissioner. Ma'am, my name is Shirley and I'm phoning from Cape Town, Delft. We are waiting since 2018 for WCA to pay my husband out. So now my question to the minister, if they're going to, and the minister just said there is no backlog. So I want to know if, if we, are we not backlogged because we're now in 2020. We took that my husband had a 15% disability, he had a spinal fusion operation. And due to that, he was put off work because he can't work anymore, any longer. I am not working as well because we have a four-year-old with a heart condition. I did work, I'm a nurse, we had a four-year-old with a heart condition and I had to force, due to be sickness, I had to quit my, my, my work. I'm at home, so now both me and my husband are at home. We took all these documents in to the office in Cape Town. They were giving us the, the runaround. We went there several times. Then they tell us the new system and the system, there was problems with the system. We understand that after months we went back. Then they told us there's no feedback yet. We went back again. Then they told us they lost these papers. I was so loved, and I've got emails to prove everything that I'm saying. I mailed my husband's papers again to the office in Cape Town. Then we went to the office in Kudut. We did the same procedure. We took the email, um, all this documentation. Then they told us the same problem, the system, the system, no feedback. Late, late December last year, we found the doctor that is working with the, with the WCA, Dr. Bucks, in Cape Town. We went to his offices ourselves. We submit our, the, the, all the papers we submitted again. Then they sent us an email saying that there was few papers outstanding. We, we got the papers from the doctors and we mail it to them. I've got proof, as I say. Up to now, ma'am. I'm telling you, we're still waiting to hear from them. And even we did apply online. But let me tell you, it's no use. People are, are wasting their time. They, uh, 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 in, in March, they were on morning life. The commissioner was on morning life. And there was a guy, that guy is waiting since 2015 from his ma- for his money. So I don't want the minister to say that there is, the, the commissioner to say that there is not backlog because that is a lie. Minister, as I'm sitting here, no commissioner, as I'm sitting here, I, I did apply for Sasa for my, for my child, but I'm also waiting on Sasa. I, we've got no food in our house. We are living from handouts and it's not sitting nice with me. So I want you, yes, and the people, the people employed that are not doing their work right. They are robbing us. And every time the minister of the commission, whoever comes on the radio or on
you tell me what must I do and we are now under lockdown. So your offices are closed and please don't tell me to do it online. Your offices are closed. We did all the procedures. I've got, I even spoke to the supervisor in the, in the Cape Town offices. I've got emails um, um, back and forth. You tell me today what must I do? What must I feed my four-year-old? Oh, child, you tell me today. Mr. Mafata, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a desperate plea that I'm hearing here. Your response to that? Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. I, 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 uh, I understand the, the frustration as well from, uh, from Shelley. 2018 to now, that's a long time, and it's unacceptable that this hasn't been done. If you, if you recall when I started, when I said one of the problems, why, one of the reasons why we changed uh, the system and we changed the way that we accept claims, is because we want to avoid situations such as these ones of Shelley, where, for example, a claim gets submitted and uh, a person gets sent back and forth to submit information and so on, because either you would have received an incomplete claim at the time when you receive it, and you're not even able to do much with the claim. That's why with the changes we've made is that we want to get a full claim to be registered so that it allows us to be able to do all the other things that we need in a claim. And... uh, one thing I'm going to ask from Shelley, because I need to find out the specifics around the case. I'm going to request, I don't know whether are they going to leave the contacts with you so that I can get the contacts. No, no, no I'm, I'm happy to do that. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I, I suspect there will be many cases. I, I think yeah. I think what, what is uh, of a concern for me, though, mm-hmm. is, is dealing only with Shelley's case in isolation if it's a general problem. It, it it worries me that just because Shelly was able to call, she's the only person that gets help. So I I, I want you to maybe understand, you know, help me understand whether does this sound like an isolated case to you, where 2018 has been has been uh, the 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 amount of time that she's been waiting is this common? It is not an isolated case. Um, if we know the history of the compensation fund, the compensation fund was uh, uh, it's been a highly inefficient uh, institution for a long time. Uh, you, there's always been complaints around the uh, services of the compensation fund and how it takes time for claims to be assessed. And this is one of the reasons why we've, we're making the changes that we're making. We're uh, simplifying our systems and making uh, it easy for people to be able to submit claims online as opposed to them having to wait okay. uh, to submit so- documents to us. So. I just want to, 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 to just indicate one thing. Mm. So one of the things that we did, for example, uh, at the end of 20, towards the end of 2019, mm-hmm. we, because we knew there were such cases, a lot of them where people would have submitted claims and those claims have not been finalized either because either we may have lost the documents ourselves or the documents that were being submitted were incomplete to allow us to be able to make any decisions on these claims. We published a notice on the Government Gazette uh, around August last year where we we called it a last call notice for all clients. And what we did was, and we also went to radios and newspapers and published it quite uh, widely, where we were requesting if any person has any outstanding uh, issues with the compensation fund, they must just uh, submit the the complaints to. We had made available our labor centers and uh, specific email addresses that we had created for this particular purpose. So One that we the... can get all these uh, claims, so that we can be able to attend to it. Uh, the we it, that campaign was not as successful as we wanted it to be because we did not get a lot of uh, claims. A lot of the information that we got was more about complaints, not necessarily issues around specific claims. 
where we've received claims information, those are the information that we're now helping the people to make sure that we I mean, I, I analyze ag- those claims. I really commend and acknowledge the Can fact I that you're saying that. Question, just one please. second, Shelley. Just one okay. second, Shelley. I, I do commend the fact that you're saying that you know the history of the compensation fund and you know that people have been saying that it hasn't been efficient. But you've been at the helm for five years, Mr. Mafata. Exactly. And uh, this has been part of the journey of making sure that we change uh, uh, things around. Shirley, go ahead. Commissioner, I, I heard you say that um, 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 we, we, we handed all the necessary paperwork in, as I said before. When we found a doctor in, in, in Cape Town, Dr. Bax, that is his name, the, the doctor work in Cape Town, um, we, we handed the papers in in December, last, late last year. They told us that the doctor is working right through December. He's not going to take leave. And then January, late January, February, we inquired again. Then they said the doctor is on holiday. Now I want, I want to know how long, um, how long does it take for the doctor? Shirley, yes? I'll tell you what, I think your case needs to be followed up properly and I don't think the radio is going to do you any justice. I want to be able to see if we can assist you properly. We're going to put you back on hold. We'll take your details. We'll also share them with the commissioner and we, will, we will follow up on this case. I can promise you that. Let me go quickly to Tobega in Durban. Tobega, good afternoon. Tobega, good afternoon. Hi, Tamela, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Go ahead, Tobega. I'm fine. I'm coming up. I've got a question for the commissioner. Mm. Um, my question is as follows. Um, if you, like now, obviously with COVID-19 mm. and you're an essential worker and there's um, obviously some measures that have been taken, like, for instance, transporting the workers to work. Yes. And you are asked by, by your employer to obviously drive their vehicle and fetch the the employees from their respective places of residence mm-hmm. and you meet up with an accident and you get injured on duty. Um, do I also fall under the, the compensation fund? Am I assisted? And also another question is if I'm like a member of the family, like if a person dies on duty while performing like their duties on work at work, um, is there anything due to the family in that respect. Just those two questions for you. Okay, so there are two different things. The death is a different situation completely, uh, but I yes. think uh, mm-hmm. the commissioner can answer the issue around injury on duty. You were on duty now, uh, while from COVID-19. my understanding. Yes, right now, I during COVID-19, yes. Okay, Mr. Mafata? We, if, if, if you uh, get involved in a motor vehicle accident while you were uh, carrying out your, your responsibilities. If you were asked by an employer to drive and collect people or you were en route to a meeting or driving to uh, some place related to work, that is uh, an incident that gets covered by the compensation fund, irrespective of whether it's during the COVID-19 or not. So all motor vehicle accidents uh, that are related to the work are covered. The the, the issue of of, of, of Death benefits we do pay. So if 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 a worker gets injured and it results in uh, the, the in the in the worker dying, they we do pay uh, we pay both for the funeral expenses as well as a, if a, a pension that would then be payable to the dependent of the uh, of the injured worker. Does that answer your question? 
All right. Okay, that's fine. She she was listening on the radio, and I think that is fine. Let, let me just ask you, here's a question that just came through through SMSs, saying that before the new system, which you introduced, uh, you said yourself, uh, sometime last year, I think, um, what happens to the cases that were submitted before the upgrade of your system? Do you need them to resubmit with the new system, or... Are those going to be paid out from this from this SMS? It looks like there's still a backlog of things that were before you upgraded your system. So if if there was any claim that was in the old system yes. that was incomplete and we had not finalized it, we've migrated all the claims from the old system to the new system. But 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 so the, they, the question so is, do you do it yourself or do they need to now resubmit? They don't need to resubmit. So uh, let me just complete the uh, explanation I was providing. Okay. We have migrated all the claims. Mm -hmm. So those are claims that will continue to be adjudicated. If during the adjudication process we discover there's missing information, we'll obviously then get back to the injured worker and say we don't have this information and that information kindly provided to us. All right. Let me quickly go to Stephen in the Eastern Cape. Stephen, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, And good afternoon to the commissioner. Uh, You know, I actually feel uh, almost... uh, uh, Put down the phone because when I listen to this situation of that other lady and the pro- tra- trauma they had, it made mine seem like a drop in the bucket. Mm. But the concern is, um, I had an injury once. It wasn't a serious. I fractured a leg while getting off a truck. I'm a tra- truck driver, and the company sent, said I must go to the doctor. I went to the doctor. Now I'm in King Williamstown. Now it's not a very small town. There's lots of doctors, good doctors. Highly uh, recommended doctors, and not one of the doctors in King Williamstown would take me as a uh, case of uh, injured on duty. The one doctor showed me, told me he can can go take out files of, uh, that was in 2018, he can go take out files of 2016 that is un, 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 unsettled. Mm. And they, 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 just, they stopped, I think, in early or mid-2018 mm. to take in. And then the company had to, the following day, I had to drive to East London to go to the company uh, physician that they recommended to go be attended to. Now, what if this was an emergency of a life and death injury and and you run around and doctors can't help you because they're not going to be compensated? You know, I just that to me just was a concern. And I thought I'll I'll, I'll, I'll raise that and and, um, also make the commissioner aware that the doctors are struggling. It's not just a once off case. It is it is a common case that my, my sister-in-law was bitten by a dog and uh, that was probably about four years back and they gave up she was she almost died i took her to hospital she was pieces of chunks of meat ripped out of her body and it was at the workplace the the, the, the dogs that secure the place and they could not get the claim done. So I just thought I'll, I'll raise those Stephen, issues. Okay, so you are saying, I'll take another question before I give you a chance, Mr. Mafata, just so that uh, we, we okay. manage time. Um, okay. Let me go to Moira. Moira, you're in Benoni. Hi. Hi there. Um, the, I heard Shirley talking about her claim from 2017. Mm. We have an outstanding claim from 2012. We submitted in those days all by registered mail. We submitted on December 12, August 2013, November 2017. Subsequent to that, we've tried their website that says this page cannot be displayed. You go to the call center, it says a high volume of calls. 
They owe us, we're a small business, mm. they owe us 9,600 rand, which is the money we paid to our employer, employee while he was uh, working for us and then he was on uh, light duties, etc. Um, he subsequently left us, so I mean, I don't know if he ever got any money, but our small company was done out of 9,600 rand. All right, that's Moira. I'm going to read an SMS before I give you a chance to respond as well, Mr. Mafata. Here is one that says, why is it that you expect that the old claims should adhere to the new rules since you've applied a new system in place? Couldn't you have just processed this with with regards to the fact that there were old rules beforehand and that particular claim had uh, fulfilled all those requirements? So let me, you know, you'll be able to answer all of them. So let's start with this one, the SMS one. Okay, thanks. Let me just, so the changes we're making are changes that enable us to be able to make a decision quicker on a claim. If we were to make decisions on the claims as they currently are standing, for example, if it's an old claim that was submitted that was incomplete, we then simply repudiate a claim, which is not what we don't want to do. Because the simplest things to do is the claim doesn't comply with all the requirements, we just reject it and let a person resubmit. And so which is so not let me ask you this quickly before you continue so that we are all on the same page. Is Does your system, whether old or new, does it notify the claimant to say this has been rejected or is still being adjudicated before you do even do the payment? Is there a system where you at least notify we've received it, we are going to attend to it, it's, uh, we're still adjudicating it or it has been rejected? Do you have that immediately? That information gets sent to the employer as the employer submits the claim. Yes, what I'm so, saying is that is that an immediate yes. kind of a, a response that, that you are yes. able to automatically do. So and maybe, what, yeah. And, and what they were able to see in the old system also, they would even in the now, they're able to see the status of a claim. Yes. So they can actually see where what the what where, where the claim is. So, so, so then, uh, yeah. so then. If someone had received that to say yes, the claim that you have sent in has gone through we are you know the process is is done and it's dusted and we are all happy with it previous to the new system are you saying that you are now going to be redoing it with the new system or you're just going to be paying that out Uh, it's just a matter of of time not at all so if a claim was submitted it was completed at everything yeah we we we, when it gets into the new system we just continue with it there's no need for anyone to submit or anything else but if the claim was in the old system but it was incomplete there is still that requirement for a person to submit the documentation that we need to be able to make a decision on that claim. All right, let's talk about these cases. I mean, 2012, 2016 sounds to me, it's, it's atrocious. And if, if I'm hearing that the, you've gotten now to a point where doctors are refusing to take in patients because they feel that they are not being compensated by yourselves properly, surely there's there's a bigger problem here. They, they, I think that's that's one uh, big problem that we've had in the fund. As I said, we know the history of the compensation fund. And I think a lot of uh, doctors and treating uh, facilities uh, grew impatient of waiting for payments because we had a history of uh, long delays with regard to payments. And a part of it was largely due to the inefficient way that we were working. We still expected people to submit manual papers to us for us to capture and these documents would often get lost or would not even be captured on time and so on. And uh, to try and address this problem, that's why we moved to online and automated services to enable these things to come to us much quicker for us to make a decision. And unfortunately, we can't change the uh, the, uh, 
the past and how we dealt with things now. But what we're trying to do as part of continuing to improve the way we pay and the rate at which we pay, we're also now trying to reach out to a lot of these because the doctors and the hospitals are a very important stakeholder in our in, 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 in our organization. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to do, we're reaching out as well to them to try and make sure that we change the uh, the attitude where we have uh, such uh, incidents. And, okay. and, and there has been many that has been reported and we are trying to change that. All right. I'm, go- I'm going to take a, a call, a la- maybe a last call, but here's another SMS here from Anonymous. It says, well, currently the new system is short paying on our hospital specialists and so on. So what do we have to say about that? Well, I don't know what he has been short paid on, uh, so I would have to look at a specific case. All right, so let's it take an- his experience. Uh, anonymous, you. Good afternoon. Yes. Uh, good afternoon to you, uh, Pamela, and to your guest as well. I'm just inquiring. Uh, you know, the people that are unemployed and they are not registered with an employer or not working for an employer, yeah. they are recyclers or maybe they are chocker workers. Yeah. Where do they get the access to their 350 runs? Because the offices and administration departments are closed. So where can they get access to their 350 runs that the government has been offering them? All right, so Could, anonymous, yeah. anonymous, this is definitely because not a question they are not for him. registered. They're not registered with the department. They won't be registered with the department of manpower. The department of manpower won't know who they are yeah. because they never work for an employer. Mm, anonymous, I don't think. All right, thank a, you. Thank, thanks. It's, it, I don't think, Mr. Mafata, this is for you. But I mean, do you want to attempt responding to that? No, no, no. At all. I think the uh, the president did say that the Department of Social Development yeah. will release the details. Yeah. So I think we'll wait for that. Let's 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 rather do that. So from what I I mean I I, don't, I can't read out all these 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 uh, questions here. It it seems to me like there really is massive frustration and and when you look at the dates that are people sending through saying 20, 2012, 2016, 2018 and so on, what is the reasonable amount of time that people should be able to get their claims processed? Just what what currently is now reasonable? So we, we've set a standard of a claim needs to be finalized within 30 days. 30 days? Within 30 days of us having received a claim, we need to have made a decision on a claim. Wow. But then for us to make a decision on a claim, we need all that information. The report from the employer, the first medical report from the doctor, and the um, necessary documentation that supports that to us, for us to make a decision. For us, for, for us to be, end up paying, because the payment process can happen uh, three or four months later, depending on the period of the treatment, because you can only make them the final payment to the claimant once you've received the final medical report from yeah, the doctor. I get it. Yeah. But but now, here we are sitting with people who are saying their doctors were taking out files from 2016, 2012. Your current system says 30 days. Are you going to manage to, to, to actually deliver on this? I mean, this this, this looks like quite a, quite a backlog. Well, in the last, uh, in the last uh, three years, uh, we have processed almost 95% of all claims that we've received were processed and finalized within uh, the 30-day period. So we are making strides. The, the big challenge is to deal with all these old claims, for example. If yes. you look at what Moira was saying, she was yeah. 2012, 2013, 2017. Yes. So those are the things that we need to make sure that we, uh, we chase and clean up. I'm confident that with the, with the new system and with the current process we have in place, if a claim is submitted, a client should not have these uh, frustrations because we would know that it's a competent person who submits a claim. It's not somebody else who submits a claim on behalf of an employee. All right. Let, let me ask you this because I, I, I've only got time for one other question. Um, 
from all these people that I mean, it's I'm inundated with questions here. What's the next step? People seem dissatisfied. And I hear what you're saying. You've acknowledged where you've been having your shortfalls and so on. And you are now saying the 30 days is your time frame in, in at least processing the claim. It doesn't seem to be the experience on the ground. So how do then people escalate the fact that things aren't working on the ground? Well, we have, um, if they go to the Department of Labor website, we, the contact details are there. If people have contacted the, 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 uh, the call center and they're not uh, being successful, we've also published the, um, the details of all the uh, heads of the compensation fund in the provinces that are on the website. Those people can be contacted directly if there's any issues that um, I'm trying to say, is there recourse? The labor center. Is there recourse beyond all of that? It sounds to me like a lot of people have done a lot of effort. Is, what's the, what, what else can be done beyond us sending people to where they've already been? Because that seems to be the experience a lot of people are talking about here. So, so, so that's the escalation process. And if they're not getting joy with it, I, yeah. I, I'm accessible for any client that is not happy with okay. uh, the right. behavior that we've rendered to them. Michael and Frenachen, good afternoon. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Please go ahead. I just want to ask the commissioner there that last year I was injured at work. Now I've submitted, um, my company refused to submit the claim and I've submitted the claim myself there at the compensation. And now they need the medical reports, but the doctor is refusing to give me the medical reports. They say I must go back to the company and I was working as an apprentice there under bazaar. So I'm no longer working there. So I just want to ask the commissioner, how do I, I go? What is the procedure? How can I be helped in that case? Thank you. If, if the case is with us already, we should be able to... Re- if the company is refusing to submit the documentation, that's mm-hmm. non-compliance to, uh, to mm-hmm. legislation, mm-hmm. we then get our inspectors involved in the, in the process. Lovely. So if can, also can he, we can, can get your case, that? we can then also look at it. Can he track that, Mr. Mafata? If he, if, yes, that's what I'm saying. If he says he submitted it, yeah. so if, if, if he submitted it, he must just give me the details yeah. so that uh, we can then make sure that we get the inspectors to... All right. To, to, so it's the same for every worker. If, if an employer does not want to submit a claim when the person is, uh, is injured, they can go to any labor center and talk to inspectors. The inspectors will then go to the employer to make sure that they compel the employer to submit and comply with the law. Let me quickly go to Clement. Clement in Cape Town. I don't have much time. Go ahead. Uh, okay, thank you so much. Uh, we are actually, it's a, I'm actually working for a trucking company and we are working uh, every day. We are actually working normal hours. But the employer now, what is happening is that they are saying they can't pay us overtime. We are working overtime almost every day. But what they are saying is that after you work overtime, they will compensate you uh, your hours, if they maybe they'll give you an off day to okay. compensate you for those hours Clement, that you have worked extra. All right, Clement, it's a, it's a it's a question for somebody else, and I'm afraid I I don't think that the commissioner can answer that. We'll park it. Okay. We'll try and get you the right people to answer that. But uh, Mr. Mafata, look. I, I think a lot of people are listening and it sounds to me like a lot of people are disheartened. I need you to kind of make some commitment about what it is we're going to do about the number of cases that are sitting here in front of me who are saying, well, I've done this, I've done that, dating back from 2012. I need, we need reassurance. And I don't know what reassurance you can give the people that are listening. Well, the one thing is we are an organization that is going through a change and we making changes so that we can make things better for, for our clients. Mm-hmm. So if there's issues where things have not been attended to, mm-hmm. specific cases, 
those can be brought to to my attention so that we can check what the reasons are that we have not been able to pro- to finalize these claims and pay them. And the commitment is that if we've received this information and we have full information, we'll make a decision on the claim and make sure that we, we pay it. We've also made the same undertaking to the medical fraternity that if there's issues where we haven't paid, we're making commitment that if there's outstanding claims that we need to pay, if all the information is available, we will make sure that we pay that uh, claim. All right. What we can commit to is we will forward you the details of the people that got in touch with us. You said you will follow up on that. No problem. We're asking you to commit to coming back. Will that be fine? I will come back. All right. Thank you very much. Voya Mafata, Compensation Fund Commissioner, who is uh, at the Compensation Fund South Africa under the Department of Labor. It's two o'clock. Let's go to Utsi Lesaku for the very latest in SABC News.